and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one steely page of Talmud every day. And in today's page, Megillah 30, we're almost at the end of the tractate. And at the very end, we encounter the most difficult question. Have a listen. On the second Shabbat of Adar, the Shabbat prior to Purim, they read the portion of, remember, Zachor, what Amalek did. The portion of Zachor is associated with Purim because according to tradition, Haman was a descendant of Amalek. And so the victory over him and his supporters was a victory against Amalek. With regard to this, an Amoraic dispute was stated. With regard to when Purim occurs on a Friday, Rav said, the congregation advances the reading of the portion of Zachor to the previous Shabbat, and Shmuel said, they defer it to the following Shabbat following Purim. This notion of the most thorny issue, perhaps, in all of Jewish tradition, the notion of Zachor, of remembering that which Amalek did to us, the notion of being commanded to pour our wrath on this difficult, hard-to-understand people comes again to haunt us right there at the end of the tractate, just as the outpouring of vengeance haunts us at the very end of Megillatis there. And here to help us make sense of this is our friend and our teacher, the wise, the temperate, the compassionate, Rabbi David Bashevkin, how are you, my friend? What an absolute joy to be talking about such a complicated, almost mysterious topic that oftentimes causes some discomfort, and rightfully so, uh, talking about blotting out the memory of a nation. Uh, and we read this every year, the week before Purim. And it's such a curious custom because the nation of Amalek, which we are told that Haman descends from, is the nation that attacked us immediately after we left Egypt. And we were chosen by God, and they came upon the Jewish people. And essentially, the way Amalek is conceptualized in later works, and it's important to note that in almost all later works, Amalek is in fact conceptualized. That yes, there was a nation that was spoken about in a very real way in the Bible, in the Torah. But there is a conceptual framework of what Amalek represents. And in the passage that we read before Purim, the way that the Torah describes it, and I'll read the Hebrew and then we'll try to translate. It says, Zachor, remember, Esasher Asalacha Amalek, remember what Amalek did to you, Baderach Tzeischa Mimitzrayim, as you were leaving Egypt. Asher Karcha Baderach. Asher Karcha Baderach is a difficult line to translate in Hebrew. But Karcha, maybe some would translate it as to make cold. Others translate it as to make happenstance, as to make meaningless. Like something that is a pure coincidence or something that doesn't have a clear meaning is something that just happens to you. And that's literally the way that they approached the Jewish people, where they looked at the chosenness and the journey that they were beginning as they left Egypt, and they said, you think you're so special, you think that you are on a personal sanctified journey, and they approached them with this spiritual nihilism, saying, this is actually meaningless. This actually doesn't matter. It doesn't have the import and the sanctity that you have. And we're now commanded in this really paradoxical way 
to, on the one hand, blot out, wipe out the memory of Amalek, and in the same sentence, we're also told to remember Amalek. And, like, the question is, like, which one is it? Like, pick a lane. Should we be remembering them or should we be forgetting them? And I think that this actually is the key to unlock everything. Where we're told to erase the memory of Amalek. Timche in Hebrew means to erase as Zecher Amalek, the remembrance of Amalek. And the reason why we have this paradox is because, and this is an idea that Rav Cook shares, and I find it to be so beautiful. In the laws of Shabbos, when you erase something, you're only considered, and we may even remember this from when we learned way back when Tractate Shabbos, in order to violate the real malacha, the work, the category of work of erasing, it only counts if you erase something in the language of the Talmud, al-manas lichtov, in order to write something else. And the idea with Amalek is that when you are approached with that cynicism and nihilism about your own journey, about your own capacity to invest sanctity and significance in your own life, there are always going to be voices like Amalek who approach you and say, this is meaningless, this is not worthwhile, I know you think this is important, but it's really not. And we all have been confronted like such voices in the past. And what we need to do is not just erase, but in the language and the category, the formulation of the Talmud and Shabbos, is that we only really erase if it's for the purpose of writing. We are mochek al-manas lichtov. We need to erase in order to write. And that we take those voices and we take those people in our lives who roll their eyes, they laugh at us, they're cynical, they're nihilistic, and say, none of this matters. This is not significant. This is not sanctity. Whatever journey you think you are on is meaningless. We need to erase that, but not just to erase that in order to, you know, one-up them and, you know, have that cup of leftist tears or whatever you, whatever you do to, you know, one-up the person who bothers you. God forbid. It's a race in order to write your own story. It's in order to find moments of sanctity in your own life and to hold on to them and have something dear in your own life that you hold to be true. And that's what the battle and the enduring battle of Amalek is all about. It's not about murder. It's not about erasing somebody just so they blot out their name from history. It's about embracing your capacity to write a story of sanctity to erase for the purpose of writing. I love that so much. Rabbi David Bishifkin, thank you so much for being our guest. My absolute pleasure. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia, with help from Quinn Waller. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic. 
and we'll see you again soon. 